When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Smile. The streak is done. You can go back to PBA. Welcome to a Thursday, Hale Varsity Radio. That is Elijah and his family singing in the background. What's going on? Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity Radio. Loaded up for some Super Bowl thoughts. Plenty of, we can keep that playing a little bit. It's too good. Is that the Mormon Tabernacle Choir? Or the Boston uh, Symphony with... This is the English Concert and Choir. Ah, you went, you went across the pond mm-hmm. for a little church hemorrhage. Okay. Did you know I was, actually, I was actually the president of my choir back in high school? Were you, you, you sang. I did, yeah. Did you keep the mustache, too? No. No. Well, we, we were in a, uh, a Renaissance-themed choir. Ah. So we all dressed up like we were tur- in the medieval tur- Turkey legs and swords, I see. I, I, I tell you what... Uh, being in the medieval choir did not get you many girls back in high school. It's okay. Uh, I can't sing or dance, and I landed someone that was a whale over my skis. <laughs> well, well, you weren't dressed up like a wizard half the time. I was not. That, that's probably key. But no, man, Nebraska basketball handling business 78-65. So raise your hand if somebody offered you tickets to last night and you said... Thanks, but no. Now, my excuse was I had to pick Junior up from conditioning. Uh, But I could have swung back down and went. Well, Calvin offered me seats. Coach Brett wanted to go. And I'm just like, no, I got stuff I got to do, and then I'm going to watch because I always try and catch Nebraska basketball so we can talk about it. But 345 days since Nebraska's last Big Ten victory. The last win over Rutgers by 20-plus points in March of 2021. And that was, that was the, the, the game a year ago where you're like, okay, once this is all put together, this is what Fred's offense is going to do and going to be, and it's going to be really cool uh but it it's been a struggle good for nebraska basketball good for fred hoiberg good for nebraska fans that went elijah you went and give me the crowd number six seven thousand yeah Okay, yeah, it was just more. It was more than six or seven. I can guarantee that. Uh, I'm really bad at estimating large crowds. It's really it was, tough to it do. It was spread out. 
I, I would have called the arena about half, a, a slightly under half, I'd say. Whenever, okay. whenever you look at the upper sections, the upper sections were quite sparse. Uh, there was a lot of chance for people to move down into the lower bowl, and I, I think they took advantage of that. So I'd put it at a little no, bit. Nobody under stopped half. them. Nobody stopped. Nobody stopped me. Okay, so you bought 300-level seats and, and snuck on down to... I, I had a friend gift me, or not gift me, I went with a friend to and sat in 200-level, and we were looking in the first half, we went, there's like six seats in the front row right there, yeah. right behind JP, so we, we moved down and so up in front. So were you in Gucci Row? I mean, were you like the padded court side? Did you pull that? I, out? I was not court side. I was the the first row in the lower bowl, though. Okay, for the second half. Okay, so you, you so that was open. Yeah, it was the the second closest I have ever been to a ball to a ball to game. a ball game aside from my work with Husker Vision. Okay, well, sure. Nebraska got it handled uh, seventy eight sixty five. The streak is gone, and it all started with those two Bryce McGowan's, the, the Trey McGowan's to Bryce McGowan's alley-oops early in that game. When those happened, it breathed a little bit of life into the crowd. I think the whole crowd went, okay, this this Husker team is is energetic tonight. I think it breathed a little life into the Husker basketball team as a whole, and it really just, just kick-started the game. That's what we talked about yesterday with Coach Smith, the fact that this team needed something to go right for them early, and it went right with them with, what, four of their first eight points coming on some thunderous alley-oops. It, it really breathed just a lot of life into the arena as a whole, the team and the fans. They jumped out 9-2. to two. Yeah. Minnesota didn't do much of anything from three-point land. I think 0-9 in the first half. Nebraska's perimeter defense was great. Minnesota's a good matchup for Nebraska down low. You look at the points in the paint differential, I think 40-18. to 18. Uh, Nebraska, Lat was rebounding. I mean, Guys got challenged, guys responded, and what's important here is proof of concept. We talked about it with coaching changes and new voices and same voices in the world of sports. Eventually, if you don't see what they're telling you to do pay off, you start doubting or wondering, well, listen, the the, the offensive game plan by Fred is – it comes down to execution, and listen. Even the final seven to to five to seven minutes of that ball game. I mean, Nebraska didn't score the final three forty a, a, a field goal. They had a couple of free throws, but they were not good from the free throw line. I think fifteen to twenty eight. They Nebraska just didn't. Make, listen, I'm going to nitpick for two seconds as we smile and, and and scream hallelujah. They won. They they still made some you know dumb decisions. Uh, with possessions or fouling, I mean, you had to feel easy, I guess, by the time it was under a minute and you're up double digits. But Minnesota kept hitting some threes. Uh, at one point, Nebraska was up by 20, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. They, they're, they're still who they are with their shot selection and decision-making. The difference is, is they built a lead up, and their defense carried them. Their defense takes a vacation uh, in unison with their offense from time to time this season. There you are. But when you go get a guy like Alonzo Verge, and I thought it was really cool that the fans gave him a standing O because as many arrows as Fred Hoiberg took this week, there's been groans, there's been people shouting at some of the games I've been towards Verge, nothing derogatory or horrible, but just like, pass the ball. I mean, there's folks that, that Verge's style wears on, and you, you just wonder if if that was the right move, hindsight being 20-20, uh, with, with Verge uh, in the point. 
uh, asking him, not not getting him, but asking him to be a point and not a scorer uh, first. Verges, your your instant offense guy, has been his whole career. That's what he does, and and he's quite capable of being an incredible point guard. He's phenomenal. He's talented. He gets to the rim, finds his teammates, and then there's there's the the verge that forces things, and. That's just what you've lived with this year, and that's been part of the problem. Not the problem, but part of the problem. And uh, there's been some some tension with you know, agendas with different players. Uh, Bryce was big time. He uh, continues, most freshmen are bugging windshield hitting a wall. Uh, Bryce has continued to, to get stronger and thrive, and that end one he made <laughs> – uh, where he got you know knocked down to the floor and the shot went in, was nice. He drilled a, a big three, not a great shot, but a great result. And then when he's running the floor with Trey, that's awesome. And that is going to juice you up as a fan. That's going to be highlight real stuff. I mean, Bryce's performance this year as a freshman's incredible. You got to beg and plead to get him back. Ain't going to happen, I don't think. But, man, because uh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Trev Alberts is going to ask for a plan. What is your vision here? What is the next season? What's the next two seasons going to look like, Fred, uh, at the end of the season when we, when we get together, when we have our, our, our postseason recap? And Fred's going to say, what? Well, you know, I'm losing most of my roster again. There might be a couple of guys that come back. But the next guys I've got coming, Trev, the, the next crew I've got coming in are, are different and they're physically and mentally stronger players. We've, we've, and I'm not throwing these guys under the bus. I'm just saying you need a different mental and physical makeup to win in the Big Ten than you've brought in the last three years. You need better puzzle pieces, more equipped to, to, to live in the Big Ten. So, because that's going to be the conversation. You know, leading up to to yesterday, if Nebraska didn't win last night, they weren't probably going to win this year. Now there's a little pep in their step. They've got some momentum. They feel good about themselves. And they see that busting their ass in practice for two days, paying attention to defense, playing defense, doing little things, boxing out, being physical, it, it was rewarding. That's why you won the game yesterday. Again, proof in concept. So uh, if... If Fred's going to be back next year and uh, Fred has some ideas of, of what to do for year four and you've got another good recruiting class, I mean, it's it's all about someone buying your hope. Not only the guys that you can get back on your roster, but also guys that you can, uh, you can bring in that, that can be difference makers and and maybe you have uh, a better shot in year four. Maybe you have better uh, recon on, on who you bring in. But that conversation's going to happen sooner or later about next season, a potential year four. We don't have any information. There's not going to be a year four other than, I mean, you, you just snapped a 15-game a, a losing streak. You're still 1-12 in, in, in Big Ten play. So, I mean, it's, it's a real conversation because at some point you have rubber meets the road. It's going to cost you more to keep than buy out if you continue to have double-digit losing streaks or you go on streaks where you've 
lost X number of consecutive games in conference. And listen, that has happened and does happen to Nebraska basketball. It happened to the Big 8, it happened to the Big 12, and it's happened to the Big 10. Doesn't matter the coach, Nebraska basketball's good or has been really good for whatever reason, and losing multiple games consecutively. Some of Nebraska's best basketball teams started out 0-4 in uh, in the big eight years, or even uh, an 0-4 start, I think, uh, the, the team that, that was just on the doorstep of, a, of an NCAA tournament berth that last season with, uh, with Markowski and Vincent Hamilton, who was a Big 12 player of the year that year. So feel good about tonight. Play hard. Uh, and, and give it your best. Give them hell in Iowa City on Sunday ahead of the Super Bowl. We'll hear from Fred here in uh, just a moment. Go to the phones real quick. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we have a uh, very special guest coming on. You hear him on high school basketball coverage here on ESPN Lincoln and KFOR. John Harris calling in. Oh, sweet. John Harris. My man. How are you, bud? Hey, hey man. Good, good, good. Love, love, love listening to you. Love the perspective. Uh, just, a, just a word about what you're talking about here. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is we have right now kind of a singular recruiting strategy. Um, Matt Aldumathen, he handles primarily the recruiting by himself. Mm-hmm. And so the question for, for, for uh, Trev and for Fred is, is it possible to branch out and to do what other possible colleges do? Now, the transport portal will kill us, uh, but it also can be a benefit to us. Will we get a recruiting team where we can find – Forgive me for for being uh, too crass here, but guys, not guys who nobody else wants, but guys who indeed are guys who, who can fit the system, who can shoot, and who will be around. Mm. And so, uh, so we really have some questions to ask. But one of those questions is: Will one guy continue to do all of the recruiting uh, to the detriment of the Huskers? Well, John, and listen, Abdel Massey was pretty good for a while at St. John's. He was really good for Fred at Iowa State. And and if he is the uh, the talent evaluator and the talent acquirer, uh, listen, on its face, he's, he's brought guys in that can score. He's brought and got guys that a lot of other places wanted. He's went and found guys that have some D1 experience. But, man, yeah. when it comes to judging chemistry and role acceptance – you you never know. That's a crystal ball none of us have, and it really kind of blew up this year. Yeah, well, you know, again, I, I I don't I don't slight the guy. I mean, he's done a tremendous job. Nobody can probably go into the the house and into the room like like Matt can and, and get him out of there. I mean, he's obviously recruiting against some of the top schools in our nation. Uh, but I think obviously you can't keep doing the same thing and get a different result. And no, as you said, no. something's got to change. Well, yeah. And uh, I think I like Hoiberg. I I, I think. The way the guys played last night, I was inspired. I thought, wow. But I tell you what, you're right. For that last minute and 50-some seconds, <laughs> there, there was some question about, oh, uh, what are don't, we doing? You were, we were all gripping the desk wondering if this was going to be like the worst <laughs> feel ever. Like, oh, my God, what's going to be very Nebraska basketball? I, I can count on well, one it, hand. You know, it's, a team, it's a team that just doesn't know how to win. And, uh, and, and we saw that last night in that last – minute and 30 some seconds where it was just like what are you guys doing what are you guys they're, doing they're do- they, they 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 have moments like that unfortunately a lot of them yeah a lot of them but you know what again i was happy for verge last night uh you could see the talent this young man has oh yeah uh, his his no look pass to walker i think it was was really uh 
was stellar. Uh, he dribbles, obviously, far too much. Uh, but uh, you know what? There, there's some pieces there. It, it, let me just go back real quick. You remember that last run that they made for 10 miles down the stretch a couple years ago where it looked like Nebraska was like the number one team in the country? <laughs> was this was this the, the, the almost tournament year? I mean, yeah, they, they ended up in the NIT. Yeah, they, they finished really. I think they finished ten and ten. Well, not ten and six, but they finished like, top know, four. They finished top yeah, four. Coaching and there's playing, but you know what? What we saw last night was just flat out effort. Yes, it was effort. Well, and that's what won the ball game last night. And you got to be able to to know guys that that will will give you the effort. And and man, it's just been. It's been banging your head against the wall. I'm happy for them, and uh, they got a win, and good for Fred. John, you be good. We'll see you this weekend, bud. Always a pleasure, brother. Take, Take care, care, man. Appreciate you. John Harris, Encouragement Unlimited, man. He is so incredible in the community, and uh, we love having him on the radio uh, for basketball uh, analysis. Brandon Vogel's up next. Uh, we'll get his take. Husker uh, loading up in the recruiting room. He'll tell you next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Oh, we have receipts in on what the SEC made last year. We welcome in Brandon Vogel to talk some Big Red. Managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Shortly, we're 15 minutes away. Uh, Baltimore punters, Super Bowl champ, our Huskers in the Super Bowl feature. Sam Cook going to be with us. So, Vogues, is basketball fixed, my friend? Well, before we get there, I haven't seen those receipts yet. Did the SEC do okay? I was a little bit worried about them this year. <laughs> Here's what um, we have. The, uh, the the SEC announced for the 2021 revenue distribution. Uh, schools received $54.6 million. That's up from $45.5 million. Now, uh, that helped offset $23 million supplemented from the COVID losses. Of course, uh, you have the, the Big Ten that uh, in 2020, uh, made 54.3. So, uh, the Big Ten's dollar figure is not in yet, but as we speak now, uh, the the SEC finally has out earned the Big Ten by three hundred thousand dollars. And, and and juniors and juniors, all excited for Paul Feinbaum. He is. He is. He's a regular caller. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a problem. Okay. Um, but <laughs> thank, thank you for the update Update on the financials. Like I said, I was concerned. Uh, back to your original question. Yeah, I think best, based on last night, Brass the basketball is fixed. Um, you know, they <laughs> – I'm not – 
in any way trying to diminish what it meant to get that win. I mean, I think the impressive thing about it for me was, like, it wasn't a game where they just kind of came out and shot the lights out. Um, you know, they had a relatively reasonable slash normal shooting percentage. Uh, you're probably not going to force force turnovers on half of your, your possessions in the first 10 minutes all the time. I don't know if you can count on that, but you'll take it because it represented, you know, I think something that's been lacking for this team at times is just consistent effort and a little bit of a sense of urgency. Minnesota, we know where they are kind of as a team, but we also knew where Nebraska was going into that game. So it, it feels a little bit better to, to be a Nebraska basketball fan today. It does, and with Minnesota, they, they don't really turn the ball over, so that's more of a credit to what Nebraska did defensively, intensity-wise, and you just need that now to, to be kind of the norm versus the exception, and we'll see if, if, if the buy-in now is better, uh, the final seven. But good for Verge, good for Fred, good for Bryce. I mean, I this is hard, and... You know, I, I've been emailed and asked, you know, why doesn't anybody ask tough questions because of, you know, you had homeboy from Cozad do his thing on the phone earlier in the week uh, with the coaches show. And there's a, <clears throat> there's a professional relationship you like to have uh, with coaches and players that you can ask a tough question in difficult times. And it's kind of how you ask the question where. At least I think we at Hale Varsity try to come from versus throwing the fan hat on. with it. And it's okay to throw the fan hat on and have emotion as a fan, but there are ways to do it. There's a little little difference in, in asking a guy about his results and being just a not, not quite anonymous, but, you know, telephone tough guy. Vogues, you got us? He had had enough. Let's uh, let's effort Vogues to get back, okay? Yeah, let's do that. That makes me sad. That's a good setup. <laughs> he he just said, "I'm out." I bet you money, Junior was probably playing with matches again, near a cat, against a strong word. Uh, we'll see where where Vogues is at. <laughs> Hope he's all right. Well, if uh, if not, I think did did you spill vodka on the phone bank again? All right, okay. Elijah's not confirming nor denying uh, what happened. So, Vogues, we're back. I was just spitballing about asking tough questions. Let me shorten it to the seven seconds yeah. versus the 70 minutes I was asking the question with. Your approach when, when it's a, a difficult situation and you got to ask some, some tough questions to coaches in a brutal year. Yeah, I think, I think just being direct is always the, the best way to go. You know, specifically here, you know, it's, it's a little bit different in a press conference setting, I guess. But, like, if you were to sit down with a coach or really a player or any interview subject, like, just kind of saying, like, hey, we're going to be real here. And, you know, these are questions that kind of my position prompts me to need to answer because they're the questions of interest to my readers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it usually goes okay. I mean, I think it's it's better that way than trying to like soft pedal it and and, and dance around it. And you know, I thought Hoiberg did a, a good job asking or answering a question from a fan that was very direct. And you know, and that's that's a, a situation where. As a fan, you sort of have that freedom to be as kind of plain spoken as you you want to be. And Fred did a pretty good job. He, you know, he, he said some things that you, you could kind of just look at and say, well, what else are you going to say? Uh, but then they came out and won. So you kind of got to tip your hat, I guess, at least a little bit. So I'm going to go to football now. Uh, yeah, Vince Ginta hired as senior director of personnel uh you have frost knowing that the portal is here to stay and you need eyes and and all hands on deck for that aspect of football uh do you like the hire and i'll say i do because of past performance with vince and you know you can say a lot of things about the callahan era but they recruited their butt off i'll give him that yeah, they, they definitely did. And, you know, that was the name that when it kind of merged, I I sort of remembered. I mean, at that period in, in my life, at least, I guess, I wasn't that so deeply embroiled to, to remember kind of everyone who was on the support staff for the Callahan era. But like you said, the, the results in terms of player acquisition kind of speak for themselves in that regard. So... Um, and, 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 you know, it's, you see these things, it's, it's never the place I would start with a coaching or staff hire of, has this person been here before? Do they understand the place? But when you can get it sort of naturally, I think it's always a little bit of a benefit. And that's the case for Nebraska here. We're going to take Sue off the table. And I've got a list for you. Best recruit of the Callahan era. Are you going with Prince, Roy Hallou, Brandon Jackson, Mo Purify, Zach Taylor? I'm sure I'm missing some. Marlon other. Lucky. Sure. Marlon Lucky shouldn't have been starting in front of Brandon Jackson, but that's that's just me and most of Husker Nation. Vogues, where are you going? Yeah, it's tough to it's tough for me. My gut reaction to that was Prince. Um, I mean, obviously a great player, a a little bit, um, you know, they kind of, they didn't quite pluck him out of nowhere, but, but he was a player who that's one where you look back on it and I feel like they got the evaluation, right. And they got the evaluation, right. Before some other people did, you know, you apply it to a little bit more of a modern context with, with Mo Purify coming from the junior college ranks. That's, that's probably a little bit more of what he'll be asked to do now. Um, but that was, that was a pretty great one, too. You know, we look at all of those. I mean, that's why you look to the junior college ranks. And now, in this current era, the, the transfer portal a little bit is to fill an immediate hole. And you hope you find somebody who can come in is, is as good as you thought they'd be and makes an immediate impact. So Purify is not too far down that list for me. Brandon, when you look at the the Callahan era as a whole, has your your recollection of it been uh, affected by how bad the past five years has been for Nebraska? I mean, uh, I remember whenever I was a kid, I thought five and seven, and I think a lot of Husker Nation agreed with me. Five and seven was one of the worst seasons of, of all time, worse than we could ever imagine. But now whenever you look back at it, you go, well, maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought. 
I, I absolutely feel that way. I can tell you a specific story. When, when Nebraska played at Wake Forest, um, I think it was, was it 2006 or 2007? Whichever one it was. It was right before USC came to Nebraska. And, you know, in Nebraska, I think it was 2007. So Nebraska was coming off a pretty good year in 2006 and went down to Wake Forest. And the Friday night before the game, I'm in, like, the hotel parking lot just hanging out because, you know, it's a small town, so I'm not afraid to hang out in the parking lot. And <laughs> was talking to some – You're good at it. To some, some, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually true. I, I'm pretty experienced. Um, <laughs> was talking to some Husker fans, and I specifically remember the conversation at that time. I was like, you know what? Because, you know, the Bill Callahan era had been what it had been to that point, and even coming off a relatively strong year, if I don't have these years mixed up, it was kind of like, you know, is Bill Callahan going to win a national title at Nebraska? I was like, no, he's probably not. And I, at that point, I thought that was still the standard. I don't feel that way now. And I was probably uh, – I probably had the horse too far ahead of the cart then, and the cart has since caught up because, you know, in today's modern landscape, that's, that's going to be tough. I mean, it's tough for any team. You know, we see the same handful of teams win it year after year, and that is what it is. It's kind of reality at this point. So when I look back at the Callahan era, um, you see some points where, oh, if they just got this one or if they just got that one. It could have been a little bit different, but at the time, I specifically remember it being like, well, this was a terrible idea, and all of the kind of context comes with it. You know, that was the point where Nebraska broke from kind of the the Vanny Osborne succession and all that stuff. So I, I think that all colors that era for me and probably for most people. You know what? That that was a big uh, win against Wake uh, SC the following week uh, with – Game day and Will Ferrell and Snoop and man, it was it was a scene. But Pete Carroll running three straight fullback tramps to go eighty yards really deflated the joint. But we still have that two minute drill from Zach and Wake, and he was all right. So about ten seconds. Uh, what's what's Junior cooking tonight? Junior Junior's not cooking anything. We had to we had to pre cook a little bit of. Uh, marinara sauce so it's going to be pretty simple uh pasta pasta night here in this household but he did just have some sweet potatoes and carrots so he's pretty happy despite how he might sound the the marinara will end up on the wall vogues will talk saturday bud (laughs) all right sounds good thanks hello listener this is brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity and i wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the hail varsity radio show podcast we're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Sam Cook with us from the Baltimore Ravens, Husker standout, Hale Varsity Radio. Super Bowl week, Huskers in the Super Bowl. We're talking with Sam. Sam, what are you up to, man? What are you doing? Oh, working on my truck. <laughs> really? What kind of truck you got? 
I got an 85 Chevy K20 and um, just uh, taking out the whole interior and putting an all-new wiring harness and air condition in it. That's pretty awesome, man. Do you get a lot of truck time? Uh, well, now I get a lot of time, absolutely. <laughs> now the season's over with, so I got plenty of time to do that. So when we talk about your, your pickup, your, your truck, do you have other vehicles? Is that a hobby, uh, car restoration? Um, I just, you know, wanted something to kind of mess around with and try to be able to figure things out that I haven't usually done. And okay. it was just something that I'd always enjoyed. And I know my dad did it. My brother did it. So thought it'd be something to pick up and try, try myself. So well, that's it's cool. a fun little project. Well, last we, we've talked in years past where you were, you were doing bar stools and, and you like your, your basement bar, you were putting that in. Yeah, I'm always got to do, always got to be doing something. Well, good for you. That's uh, that's cool. Well, Sam, it's Super Bowl week, and I want to go back to Super Bowl Forty Seven with the uh, the game against uh, San Fran, the Ravens thirty four and uh, the Niners thirty one, the Harbaugh Bowl, and uh, what a what an exciting finish that was! What a what a ball game that was, and that was your your championship year. But you guys also made it a point to, to send Ray Lewis out uh, a winner. Ed Reed, obviously a, a close friend of yours too. But what was that? What was that playoff run and then the Super Bowl like for you, uh, knowing that guys were rallied around Ray? Oh, you know, it's just a, a very special moment knowing that uh, he was going to be retiring at the end of the year. And you know, I don't know whether or not you know. We, you know, we won because Ray was retiring or whatnot, but I, I know that the team itself, regardless of any retirement uh, issue, or any retirement uh, possibilities, you know, our team had a, had a goal at the beginning of the year, and we had such good talent that year. And we all bought into the system. We all bought into Coach Harbaugh and the way he was going to coach and the way he taught us each and every day along with the other coaches and when you buy into a system like that and you all have a good camaraderie in the locker room you know you go far in the nfl and in the playoffs and and probably you know in life in general so it's definitely been a huge that year seeing that all unfold has definitely been a huge success and and ways you can compare to other seasons Sam Cook is with us, uh, Pro Bowl kicker for the Ravens, standout Husker, Hale Varsity Radio, Huskers in the Super Bowl week. Sam, you're you're a big chemistry guy, and buy-in, it's so important, and some years are better than others in, in that aspect, but it seems like Baltimore's never really had chemistry issues. Guys are on the same page. And uh, I want to go back, because you guys won in New England, didn't you, on your way to the Super Bowl? I think... Uh, yeah. You guys had just an incredible, incredible, I think it was a road victory, wasn't it? Yep. Yes, it was. Was, was, that, a, was that the springboard? I mean, it's, it's win or go home. I get it in the postseason. But, you know, folks aren't supposed to beat New England in New England. You guys did it that year. Correct. And I feel like we had been up there in the previous two or three years, you know, in that same position and just couldn't capitalize or, you know, at the AFC playoffs uh, conference championships, I mean, just weren't able to capitalize. And, uh, you know, that was a year that everything was going our way. 
and everybody was willing to give that extra little bit to make sure that doesn't happen to us for what was the second or third time. And yes, going into Foxborough is one of those places where with Brady is as good as he is, you know, nobody probably expected us to win, but knowing the kind of team that we had going into there, you know, we could do whatever we wanted and we had the right plays at the right time and, and made a lot of great effort plays to win us the game and kind of catapulted us to the, to the Super Bowl and, it was just such a special year looking back and kind of reminiscing on it, how, how wonderful and how, how things played out that year for us. Sam, what was the Super Bowl like? Not just the power outage, but for you emotionally leading into it, was it, was it a nightmare logistically or did, did it even phase you because you were so focused? Well, one of those things with the, the Ravens, they make things like that so easy for us. Uh, it's a first-class organization. They try to help players out in any way possible to make sure they don't take their mind off the game and what's important and uh, spend time on other things like, you know, all the logistics stuff. So they did a really good job kind of making that streamline all the way down there. The hard part was just, trying to be able to enjoy it everything happened so quickly and fast and your focus was just on the game and you didn't want to lose any other focus and yet you couldn't it was hard to really enjoy the experience for being the first time and if there was ever an opportunity to get back to that second time man definitely try to learn to uh, enjoy the the atmosphere, the situation a little bit more because I kind of treated it like it was just another game, didn't really do a whole lot that week. And uh, just, you know, next time would be nice to enjoy it a little bit more. Sam, so I've asked uh, different folks this week as we've previewed the Super Bowl, what's uh, what's for dinner on, on Sunday? Are you grilling are you smoking something you, you got some of them sam cook fine steaks uh on the docket what are you doing well a lot of the times we kind of leave it up to the the boys or if we have anybody over kind of what the vibe is that day we you know we don't really have anything up on the docket i know that uh in years past it's been uh we had this outlaw barbecue up in uh, close to us that does really good wings and okay. and and uh, meat cuts that we a lot of times go with them so that might be what we do this year it just depends on whether or not the boys will be here a lot of times they like to go buffalo wild wings but <laughs> i like to support some of the local businesses and sure. that, that place is really good Sam Cook with us. A couple more minutes. Super Bowl a week. Huskers in the Super Bowl. Want to go back to your old teammate, Zach Taylor, and uh, Coach and Cincy, and I know you see him in the division. Uh, what do you remember about Zach when he was at Nebraska? And and I kind of bring up that senior season for you and for him, uh, the, the, the wow win in Colorado, and then that, uh, that drama-filled uh, Alamo Bowl uh, against yep. Michigan. But what uh, what do you take with you from from your time with Zach? Oh, just how amazing guy he is! You know, he's one of those most most humble guys, humble players that you meet. He was there to work. He's he always did the right things, and just remembering how easy he was to talk to, and 
not enough. I uh, can't really say enough nice things about about the guy. And you know, he's the same way when I see him when we play Cincinnati. He's the same way that I remember him in college. And he's just a truly remarkable uh, man. And he's doing amazing things. And it's to his credit, it's not surprising that he was because the things that he did in Nebraska were just as amazing. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Sam Cooks with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Punter for Baltimore, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 47. And uh, we're looking at Cincinnati and the Rams. What's your take on, on the Rams? And they're the favorite. Uh, when it comes to to Super Bowl Sunday, do you think since he's got more magic in him, Sam, or do you think the Rams just too much talent? I mean, got two strong teams going into it. And, you know, with Matt Stafford coming over from Detroit, he's done a lot of great things there. They got depth at defense, and they got a lot of great options at and on, on offense with, uh, with the Rams. But you can't count the – can't count the uh, the Bengals out just because they got just as much and they've always they always usually have a pretty strong defense and I know Zach is going to get them ready and be ready for this game and having Joe Burrow mm. and I you know used to play with his uh, his brothers you know kind of kind of rooting for him in some ways because got a lot of ties with Cincinnati. Well, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Sam Cook with us, uh, standout Raven, standout Husker, Huskers in the Super Bowl week. Sam, uh, keep working on that truck, bud. Have some fun. Will do. I appreciate you guys. Pretty cool picture off on uh, Instagram with uh, Sam Cook and that 85 Chevy he's working on. Really looks cool. That's some some intense work he's doing on the interior, man, but good on him uh, when it comes to fixing up and car restoration and uh, something he grew up with. My brother-in-law, Andy, Uncle Andy, him and his dad put work in all through his teen years, and they redid a 68 Camaro Supersport. No, yep, Camaro Supersport. It's in, it's in his garage. So I see Uncle Andy with the uh, the third stall popped up, and he looks like old Will Ferrell checking in on the Red Dragon. Don't know if it's street legal or not, but uh, he'll zoom by the neighborhood from time to time. Not wise enough nor patient enough to uh, to fix a car up. You see, my, my dad was a, was a car guy back in high school and college, and he's still got an old Model A sitting in his garage that he oh, occasionally wow. spends some time on. Wow. Yeah, um, but it, it never got passed down to, to me that that trait. I don't, I'm with you. I don't think I have the patience for it. I'm an I'm a flat out idiot with anything that comes to assembly <laughs> it's yeah. more laziness than intellect but i am i am very lazy with that especially i, I go look at the old model a and i go this doesn't even look like a car like well it looks like a car but like it, like you look at the inside and you go like how does this like, like 1920s model a yeah, yeah yeah and then uh uh, my grandpa actually had a uh, an old Model T, so hopefully we'll get the, the Model T and the Model A together at some point and make them a package deal. Man, that's cool. Keep on uh, grinding that way. That's, that's a lot of fun. We'll check in with Jeremiah Searles, our favorite Husker sideline man and Viking and Charger and uh, Panther. Where else am I forgetting? Panther, Chargers, Vikings, Bills. Bills. Mafia. Someone slapped me for getting for forgetting Buffalo, but 
Searles, uh, talk some NFL, talk some Husker ball with us. Gary Barnett coming up, uh, get his take on the Super Bowl, the waste management open going on in his neighborhood. And then Danny Burke, Burke's best bets from VEASAN Sports Network. Reminder to buckle up, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver has one job to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, find the email, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Longtime NFLer, our favorite sideline man for Nebraska football coverage. And uh, part of on, um, let me read appropriately here, not on, but one, West Sports. Uh, certified NFL agent Jeremiah Searles with his sent Searles 71 underscore HSKR on Twitter. Searles, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? We're good. We're good. You, you fired up here? Super Bowl about uh, about to happen. Yeah, man. I'm super excited. I, I do hate the bye week in between the Super Bowl or the conference championships and the Super Bowl. I feel like it kind of loses some of the, I don't know, the magic of the Super Bowl, of the playoffs, of all that. But you know what? It gets teams healthier and should make for better games. So, I don't know. I'm all about it. So, if I said, Searles, do you want to go to the Pro Bowl with me next year? You say what? I'd slap you in the face. <laughs> you, uh, you, weren't, you weren't feeling that. I, 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 had, I, had, I had friends that went. Jay Bird and company and his, his kids went. I think they had a good time, but... Man, that was uh, that was a little uh, little light on contact, man. Yeah, the only person that got hit was the guy that was messing with Alvin Kamara. No, <laughs> yeah, that was the best hit of the weekend. Bad. Too soon? Too soon? Well, Too soon? No, no, no. Don't no. Do hey, here's the thing: if 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 Alvin tells me to not step into a full elevator, not gonna do it. Yeah, just well, don't do it. <laughs> I don't know, but at the same time, also, you can't, you have to understand, you can't hit people. It's just the way it goes. You can't hit people eight times. Yes, once or twice may be acceptable, but eight's kind of where you have to draw the line. Well, I, I think the craziest thing about this story is that uh, allegedly the Las Vegas Police Department and the NFL worked in conjecture to make sure Alvin didn't get arrested until after the Pro Bowl. Oh, I know. He, he's like, oh, we know where you're going to be. Go play. 
The NFL. Yeah. The NFL's like the. Imagine investment. if you would have had to wear an ankle bracelet. Oh. Imagine if they would have strapped a little ankle bracelet. I'm like, hey, you can't leave the premises. Imagine if they arrested him during the game. That would have made the Pro Bowl watchable. <laughs> that, yeah, the, the halftime show brought to you by Chico's Bail Bonds. Oh my gosh, it'd be incredible. Searles, have you ever went full Wookie on a fan? Like you've thought about it, right? I mean, have you ever been out in your pro career or college career and someone just was. Uh, too uh, too overserved, and they just let you have it. Like, did you ever have a Fred Hoiberg moment up close and personal? Uh, instead of a phone call, it was at the bar. No, I never had that happen to me. Luckily, the one time it happened to me when we were off playing is when we lost in Texas A and M, and they rushed the field. And I was trying to run off the field, and this guy kept just getting in my face and trying to yell at me. And I eventually just kind of sped up a couple steps and just kind of dropped him as I ran off the field with the old lower the shoulder. And that was about the most I've ever gotten into it with a fan. So there was no full, well, there was a camera guy. Now there's no more camera. And uh, the Carl moment, I guess, is where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's essentially where it's like this dude just wouldn't get out of my face. I meant just dropped the shoulder on him a little bit, and he went down, and I just kind of ran into the locker room quickly because I was upset. Well, we should have won that freaking game. Well, who on earth would think that's a good idea? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get in the face of the guy who's six foot seven, and his whole job is to move 290-pound men against their will. Like, who thought that was a good idea? The 23-year-old or 22-year-old smoked off of his butt, off of beers all night at Texas A&M. I mean, I've been dumb. I've been, I've had enough pops to do something stupid like that before, too, so I can't, I can't play in it. Who did you rush? Whose face did you get into? It was uh, – it, it, that's a story for over a few more pops, not necessarily this one. We'll get into that one. <laughs> uh, was, he wearing, was he wearing the all-white, let's invade Poland thing? I mean, was he that A&M guy? <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so it was, it was, one, of, it was one of them toy soldiers at A&M. I get you. I get you. Yeah. It was definitely one of the toy soldiers. Oh, man. Was he waving the white towel, too? I think he had the white gloves on, but I don't know. I wanted to stick his trumpet up something else. <laughs> you almost heard a band member. Uh, All right, we'll get off the... Don't get in the way. The pain train's coming. No, it, it, right on, right on. All right, let's talk about Austin Allen. Uh, awesome performance and work for him in front of the All-Star game and Searles, let's uh, let's talk about Austin and just some of his uh, projections and prospects here. What what's the latest you're hearing? Yeah, so I was out there with Austin in uh, L.A. at the NFLPA game. He had again, like you said, phenomenal week. He actually played himself into a combine invite, so he's on his way to Indianapolis. That starts March first for them. So super excited for him. A lot of scouts were concerned about it. How how does he move? How does he run? And I think that he alleviated a lot of that showcase and what he can do at that PA game is just going to continue to show. I mean, we all know him here in Nebraska as such an athlete, such a weapon, that I think sometimes he's even underutilized a little bit here in Nebraska to the point where people were not really seeing how much of a weapon he was till the end of the year here. And so he was a late riser, but, I mean, scouts saw him quickly. They see the measurables, and they see how he's going to run, and he's going to find himself a nice home in the league. JoJo, uh, incredible week, and and I know that during the the scrimmage portion, he was uh, really good uh, with coverage. He was good in the kind of getting downhill, one-on-one tackling drills. 
They played him quite a bit in the box last Saturday versus being outside. What do you think of JoJo and in his fit in the league? Do you look at him as a slot slash hybrid? Do you look at him as at getting a try at linebacker like a Nate Gary did with Philly? Or do you see him being just uh, a really talented and, and athletic safety? You know, I think that all those things you just named, there could be one four or five teams that view him as one of those things. It's really just going to be about what team has a clear vision for what JoJo Doman is. In my opinion, I think he's that hybrid linebacker safety type like the Nate Gary, where you're looking for those safeties now or those linebackers that can walk up into the box and be physical enough to go make tackles and tackle a running back in space. But also if they're running an RPO or if they're running a tight end up the scene on a play act, on, on a play action, he can turn and run with them with the best of them. And JoJo had a phenomenal week down there. I think he showcased a lot of his raw ability. And we, we know his speed, his closing speed, has just always been something that's popped off the tape to me specifically. And uh, he went down there and he absolutely showed out against the best in the country. And so he made himself some money. But, again, it's going to be about a team finding the right fit for what they really believe he could do for them. Any NFL comps? Does he remind you of anybody aside from Gary? I mean, any guys you played with in Buffalo or Carolina or Minnesota? You know, I think in in Buffalo, he's kind of a little bit like Matt Milano. Not quite as big. He's not quite as big as Matt, but Matt's one of those super rangy and really athletic linebackers that can run. And I think that that's kind of how you view JoJo, is you view him as that guy that can run and go and then uh, Buchanan's another one that played safety that moved to linebacker for Arizona who was a little undersized he played linebacker like 225 uh, but he would just run around and thump you so I think he's kind of a mix between Milano and Buchanan for Arizona Jeremiah Searles with us Hale Varsity Radio so what is Searles plans for Sunday Super Bowl what do you got going I actually leave for Mexico tomorrow morning. My wife and I and a couple of friends from church are heading down to Cancun to just kind of regroup, recharge us on the road 21 days um, in January. So wife needs a little break from the kiddos, so we're going to go down there for five days. So I'll be parked on a beach sipping Mai Tais watching the Super Bowl. Look at you. You uh, you and Mexico are no stranger, my friend, and that is uh, that's that's good Valentine's Day planning, man. Yes, Valentine's, it's going to be anniversary, kind of all rolled into one. And I love Mexico, man. You just show up and you just belly up to a bar and they feed you and they treat you great. I, Mexico, if I could move to Mexico and live all-inclusively for the rest of my life, I would. You uh, you got sticks? You bringing any golf clubs? Absolutely not. You can find me at the swim-up pool. <laughs> so so uh, what are the odds that you come back home with a sunburn? 100%. 100%, okay. If, if you're... If you, if you, if you're a betting man, you bet 100% bet the farm on that one. I don't care how much sunscreen I wear. This pale, pasty, white yep. winter body is getting fried. Yep. Dude, Searles FaceTimes and just absolutely taunts that he's in, in, in sunny, warm Mexico. Mm. And, and he'll time it where the drink is empty so you just hear the straw. Yep. <laughs> and then he'll hang the, up. The ice, the ice kinkles, <laughs> the ice crinkles against the sides of the glass. Yeah, you hang up then immediately. It's just like a five-second, you know, uh, the drink is done. <laughs> so what happens What happens Sunday? What happens Sunday here? You know, I, I think that if they played the game last Sunday, 
where Cincy didn't have the bye week. I think Cincy gives them more of a run. But I think the Rams roll here strictly off the fact that the Cincy kind of lost the momentum here with the two weeks. The Rams, in my opinion, are the better football, better football team. They have the better defensive line, the better receivers. The only thing that, that I think the Rams have maybe not as good or equal is the quarterbacks. I think Stafford and Joe Burrow's play level right now is pretty comparable. But everywhere across the board, you look across and, and everywhere else, I give the nod to the Rams. And so usually these games come down to who's the best team, but Joe Burrow's the ultimate X factor. But if I had to put a score prediction on it, I would say I think it's to be like 35-17 Rams. Now, now, Jeremiah, you yourself were a guy who uh, really could play tackle, could play guard, could, could mix and match along the offensive line. And the Bengals have been doing a lot of that this season with their patchwork offensive line. So I, I was just one to, to ask you if, if – that offensive line can be aided by the fact that the Bengals have an extra week when you're going up against pass rushers like Aaron Donald and Von Miller. You know, it's sometimes it's good just to be kind of flying by the seat of your pants when you just kind of get thrown in there and you're not really worried about game plan. You're just going out there and performing. When you get two weeks to watch tape and two weeks to really try and you can almost over-evaluate pass rushers of Von Miller's, the Aaron Donald's, the Leonard Floyd's and, try and think too much instead of just playing and they versus them they're just going to go out there and be athletic right like they don't have a ton of planning they just defenders are blind dogs in the meat house right just see ball sick ball sick ball they just run as an offensive lineman you really can break it down technically as far as how you want to attack them and sometimes we have so much time it can really come back and bite you similar to 2017 we were um, kind of throwing together our offensive line and then eventually we had kind of this Patrick offensive line. We beat the Saints in the divisional, and we got up to the Philly, and it all just kind of fell apart. And so for, for our sakes, for the country's sakes, I hope that it doesn't fall apart at the worst possible moment for the Bengals, but I can also kind of see that happening as well. Uh, worst experience to bring this full circle, Philly or A&M? Philly. Philly was terrible, dude. We, were, we had a chance to go play the Super Bowl in our home place in Minneapolis, and we were rolling that year. Like, yeah, that one sucked. Fan base, though, it's one thing to have soldier in face, and then there, then there's Philly fan. They're, then there's the eight-year-old double birds in your face. Yeah, does too. Philly live up to their reputation? Yeah, Philly, absolutely. I mean, they were pouring beers all over Case Keenum's family, and Whoa. they were greasing up the light poles in the middle of the day because they thought that if they won or lose, they were going to riot. Like, yeah, Philly fans are trash. Yeah, they're they're tough. Not all, but the the ones you you experienced, I'm sure. I never expect it from the city of brotherly love, dude. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they got that name to throw you off. <laughs> okay, yeah, no doubt. Searles, uh, enjoy Mexico. Uh, get lots of uh, tequila, frozen. Get the salt rim, and uh, for sure, go with the uh, the non well tequila. But uh, enjoy with uh, time with your family and friends. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. Miss you guys. Go Big Red. There he is. Jeremiah Searles, our favorite favorite uh, sideline man with uh, Nebraska and uh, six-year NFL vet with the Chargers, with the Bills, and uh, with Carolina and uh, the Vikings. He was on cloud nine that uh, 2017 run, and he was so good about coming on with his bless his heart leading up to the Saints game like day after the Saints' miracle in Minneapolis finish mm-hmm. where the safety mistimed things and you had a miracle touchdown. And then there's – and Philly was was a really good squad, but 
You want to talk about just full meltdown after winning that fan base. Got to be a little bit, little bit careful. My pastor's a Philly fan. See, and I have distinctive memories of that day, that Minneapolis Miracle Day, because I was working in the, the kitchen at a, a big-name rehabilitation hospital yeah. in town. There's only one of them, so... Uh, you were working. Did yeah. you have radio on? Well, the thing was, was I, I had requested off all the Sundays, and they said, well, we're not sure we can do that, but will you be willing to go on call for these days in the kitchen? I go, okay, fine. And I, I, of course, got called in that day, and the compromise I made was, let me have my phone out, let me have these games pulled up, I'll be streaming them, it won't, it won't bother anything. And so I got to watch the Minneapolis Miracle Live. I was going crazy in the kitchen. That's, <laughs> you're banging pots. All right, all right. Good enough. Uh, we will spend time with Gary Barnett uh, in just a touch. Uh, we'll get his take on things. Waste management open going on down there in uh, Phoenix and uh, Barney, of course, down in Scottsdale. So we'll get caught up with him. Beeson Sports Network, all of your prop bets. Some some great angles with Danny Burke from Beeson, the pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets coming up at, at 540. Tomorrow we are loaded for you with more Super Bowl thoughts and some insight on Cincinnati uh, Husker and College Football Hall of Famer Dave Remington with us for an extended sit-down. Bill Dolman from the Olympics. Excited to talk with Bill. And uh, we'll have uh, Russ Hochstein on. Uh, Russ will talk Patriot experience, the latest on Brady, and uh, plenty of your thoughts as uh, we turn towards the weekend. Podcast, subscribe to us. Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe, tell us what you think. Coach Barnett next on Hail Varsity. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk to the Hall of Fame coach with Colorado and Northwestern. Also in the Missouri Football Hall of Fame, Gary Barnett with us. Coach, how we doing? Doing well, Chris. Getting ready for the big weekend here between the Super Bowl and uh, down here we've got the Waste Management, which is the greatest show on grass. <laughs> uh, you can't get anywhere close to that, that course right now. It's just packed. So, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's really good good TV watching that tournament. So between that and the Super Bowl, and then next year we've got them both down here Ooh. at the same time, which we've done a couple of times. But uh, it gets crazy down here about that time. I bet. Now, I, I thought about there was we were playing with maybe going down this time of year to try and get to the Waste Management Open. I know my uh, folks and, and friends, they've done it in the past. But it's 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 a good time. It's a party, but it's hard to get into. You were touching on just how how difficult it is. Have you been recently, or or have you been ever? I have. I haven't been for about four years. Okay. Um, and you know what? I I never want to go down there, but when I go down there, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I don't sit anywhere. I just follow some of the golfers around and and for me, that's a lot of fun. But it's just amazing how good they are. Hmm. And a lot of those guys uh, where I play here in Arizona, a lot of them come out and practice during the week. So they've been here all week. And 
So you get to watch them, and it's just amazing to see how good they really are. But I do enjoy it. It's great people watching down there, but it's, it is <laughs> it is one big party. They're expecting a million people down Jeez. there this year. So. Wow. Yeah. So Crazy. Uh, have you uh, golfed with anybody else famous? Oh, no. Nobody's going to stoop that low. No, really? I mean, uh, you just, by, <laughs> by by chance for, hey, there's Chuck Barkley or Phil, a, a coach, come be a fourth? Actually, Barkley was in front of me uh, this week, uh, as a matter of fact, and Justin Thomas was here. And so, we, it's, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of, a lot of guys here, but yeah, Barkley's out here. Uh, he's been out really a couple times in the last two weeks. He, uh, you ever hit into him? <laughs> well, <laughs> some people that I was playing with didn't know who he was, and all they said is, I, "You better not hit into him. That's a pretty big guy up there." <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't know who it was, but uh, be careful. He's pretty mellow. Yeah, Charles he, is pretty mellow. He seems like it. Gary Barnett's with us. So Super Bowls. The next question: Have you been, and are you thinking about going next year? You know what? I haven't been, uh, and I've I've wanted to go, but frankly, I I think I really enjoy watching it in my house, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe with some friends. Usually, I like watching it by myself or with Mary. So. Um, and this year I'm going to do the same thing. I mean, I'm not going, and but um, I, I look forward to the whole thing. I don't like, I, I don't get a whole lot out of all the stuff around it. I just like the game pretty sure. much. So that's sort of what I'm looking forward to. I, I like the drama in this game, you know, the two quarterback matchups. You know, one guy that's been sort of a journeyman stuck up in Detroit, and now he gets his chance, and the other guy doesn't, he doesn't really know. He doesn't even know what pressure is. He doesn't even know what, you know. I mean, he's been in two championship games now in the last three years. So um, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's going to be interesting to watch whether Stafford, old ghosts creep in mm-hmm. uh, on a veteran guy like that or whether, uh, like in Burroughs' case, it, whatever happens just seems to run right off his back. So um, it's going to be interesting to see which one avoids the big mistake. Well, and that's just it. There's the, the Cinderella story, and that's not a slight towards Cincy, but listen, they're a good enough team to be a playoff team, but we're talking Super Bowl, and look who they've gone through to get there. Um, I d- does 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 it become a nightmare Sunday? Just and I say that because Aaron Don- Donald is incredible. Von Miller can crank it up. Uh, you have uh, Joiner. I mean, you, look at you're, we're talking three levels of of Hall of Fame, man. And since his defense has been really good, and I guess the the counter to that is to your point about ghosts. You know, Stafford has has not. Has has been mistake prone. Burrow hasn't been, and we talked to Joe's brother and and dad, and they're they're just all excited, man. They're super happy, and, and Joe's grandpa lives, you know, a few miles in southeast Nebraska, away from from Lincoln, and he's got his Bengals gear on, and you know they're all making the trip, and it's it's getting closer, obviously. And no, I'm excited. Four and a half, though. If you had a lean, do you go Rams just because of their defense? You know, I think yes, uh, and uh, I also, I you know, I like Stafford's experience. I think 
that that would help me make that decision. But it just takes one injury, and this whole game gets turned around. So you just you don't know. It's all you know. I mean, if Darnold gets hurt, or or uh, Donald gets hurt, or uh, even Miller or Stafford, then that game can change pretty quickly. I I do like the way the Bengals run the football. I mean, both those backs are pretty good, and uh, and I think the the guy that maybe the key is Cam Akers for the Rams. I think he's just if he can play full speed, he is he is a force to contend with as long as he doesn't fumble the ball. Yeah, he's he's awesome, and I was kind of wowed by his fumbling issues uh, against Tampa. Uh, Mixon's been playing great ball as well. Chase, though, I mean, Chase has just been a beast. I mean, I know yep. the Rams have the personnel to try and D him up, but uh, Chase and Burrow's connections been a lot of fun to watch. Gary Barnett's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So are you are you picking Rams? <laughs> are you t- giving the points? Um, yeah, I think I think I pick the Rams, but gosh, I'm not – betting any money i'm not betting your money i'll bet your money on it but i'm not betting mine better bet we better bet mama's money (laughs) gary barnett's with us coach uh, i thought here didn't get to it last week but wanted your reaction to kind of some of the the drama surrounding michigan and it wasn't until the evening that michigan made their announcement that harbaugh was back gaddis is off to miami to work for cristobal so you've got another uh, OC shakeup at Michigan, but uh, Harbaugh was really looking to Minnesota and some other NFL landing spots before he came back to Michigan. What's your reaction to what Michigan went through and then the timing of it right right as signing day is happening? Well, uh, the timing date is, is a little awkward, but um, you can't control that when, when those openings come up and you just got to deal with it and – yeah, the best, you know, the early signing date probably would have been more critical than the late signing date. But uh, I've been a part of that, and, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable for a while. It's, 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 you just don't go back and things are normal. It, it's not that way. You go in the offices and you're around the presidents and you're around this and that, and it's, it's awkward and uncomfortable until the really next year's season gets going and it has to wear off and uh, for a while it, it's an uncomfortable situation for everybody do some of the presidents and, and leaders of the universities take it a bit too personal uh when it when it comes down to opportunities and and and, and finances i mean do they have long memories is my question because you know, there there's no difference. And I mean, a lot of these presidents have hopped from different universities from time to time. They've done the same thing. Well, and they've got a lot on their plate other than just a football coach. Yeah. So uh, they probably handle it better than boosters do gotcha. and, um, and players. So now presidents, you know, they deal with a lot of stuff. And that's just one of the things on their plate. Coach Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, we'll get you out of here on this, and it's fun to talk with you. Waste management, Super Bowl, golf, and, and of course, uh, some college football. What's your take on Auburn? Uh, Brian Harson? I know there's storm clouds there, uh, and it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound long-term, and it sounds to me like Auburn's searching for a way to get rid of him. 
Well, I think you go back, Chris, and you really wonder about the fit in the first place. And I talked to somebody close to that program this week uh, that knows the ins and outs down there. And apparently, you know, Auburn is run by the boosters. The athletic department has been run. The presidents have sort of had to knuckle down, knuckle under the boosters. And I, from what I understand, the hiring of Harson took place by an outgoing president who just sort of stuck his thumb in the air, his nose in the air, and said, I'm going to leave you guys with this. Go figure it out. So, you know, rather than succumb to the boosters, he hired somebody completely different than what everybody wanted. I think the boosters wanted to hire Kevin Steele. And, uh, and then he left. So the new president stuck with the hire, and he stuck with the whole situation. And um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. If the boosters prevail, I don't think Harson will be around. Uh, and if they do prevail, then it's just going to be more of Auburn drama because it's been that way for a long time. I mean, they got rid of Gus Malzahn, the only guy to beat Saban. So, you know, I think that's one of those programs – that is out there in the SEC that has probably got too much booster control uh, from the top down. That that sounds just toxic. So if the boosters win, do they go get Steele? I mean, he just landed in Miami and turned turned Maryland down. Well, but he's a he's a defensive coordinator, so he's going to come as a head coach no matter what. Right, right, and. Yeah, so I mean that that won't be that may be who they go after. I don't think you have to worry about where he is or where he just went. I think if that's the guy you want, they go get him and he'll go. Um, but uh, so I don't know. I, I'm assuming that's what they would go after, but I I'm not in on that one. Gary Barnett, we'll see what shakes out. Coach, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Wings and ribs sound like a deal, and hit them far and straight today. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, Chris. Great being with you. Good stuff from Gary Barnett. Uh, didn't hit into Charles Barkley. Good for him. And, man, some insight on Auburn and the cameras. I mean, there was like 12 deep of cameras with the SEC coaches meetings today. And uh, Harson was being followed like he was a member of the royal family and tried to get into the passenger side. Uh, I just wish I had uh, Coach Leach mic'd up when uh, they went around the table. Hey, Harson, how you doing? What's new? Uh-huh. Oh, Kevin Steele wants one more shot as a head coach. Maybe Auburn is uh, in his future. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Burke's Best Bets, Visa Sports Network. It is Danny Burke, Pride of Chicago, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. 
his podcast, his show Rush Hour. Uh, Pride of Chicago, my friend, it is Super Bowl time to uh, to hit some some uh, some some side bets to do the over under to do the uh, the line. Let's uh, let's go down the list, my friend. How are you? I am doing good, Schmitty. It's uh, it's exciting, right? I mean, the time is finally here. It's awesome to look at all these bets and props for the Super Bowl, but the thing is it's, it almost gets to a point where it's like, can we just play the dang game already because you get two weeks off in between it, especially us, you know, at Beast, and we're talking about all these different props. We're like, can we finally start playing? But now, man, I'm excited. Are uh, You got anything special going on for the game? Oh, I will leech somewhere to uh, to eat and drink for free. Love it. That's my That's thing. The best thing you are, do. <laughs> are you are you uh, throwing the Super Bowl party or uh, attending the Super Bowl party? Uh, I think it's fifty fifty right now. We might be having some people over, or my buddy might be having some guys over at third place. But uh, either way, I know there'll be plenty of food and drinks flowing, so we'll be excited regardless and be screaming at the TV for every you know nonsensical play that everyone else would just be like, why are you getting mad about that? So it's the best time of the year. <laughs> An angry Danny Burke. There we go. <laughs> okay, uh, any props you love? A doinked field goal, the upright, the anthem, <laughs> who scores first? Does Akers get in? What are you feeling? Oh, man. All right. Well, I, I've talked about plenty of them, as I've already alluded to. I'll give you the four that I have officially right now, and then I could throw some leans out there as well. So um, we could start with the Bengals, and, and I may have touched some of these with you, but we'll go over them again. So the Bengals' first half field goals made over a half, minus 143. So this is me betting on Cincinnati, Evan McPherson just making one field goal in the first half. I talked about it last, or I guess two weeks ago, when they are playing Kansas City. But when you're going in a game against a prolific offense in a game where they're coming in as an underdog, they know that, we know that, and I still think they are the rightful underdogs. In a situation like that, you're going to want to get on the board as often as possible in the first half, right? It doesn't matter if it's a field goal or it's a touch. I mean, it does. But my point being is you're more prone to settling for a field goal in the first half than you would in the second half. If it's like fourth and four, fourth and three, you're probably okay with just getting points on the board at the beginning stages of this game as opposed to the second half, or if you're trailing, you want to be more aggressive and go for it. And uh, in a majority of games, and I think in every single postseason game, because, sorry, I don't have the notes from you right now, but McPherson's gone over that in every first half so far this postseason, so I'm banking on the fact he does it again. So Bengals' first half field goal over a half, minus 143. Another bet I did revolved around the uh, the Bengals. Joe Mixon under 65 and a half rushing yards, minus one and a quarter. I think this number's come down a little bit, but my thought process here is that Look, you're going against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. you got a terrible offensive line, and you're going against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And Joe Mixon's great. Don't get me wrong. He's only gone over this once this postseason, and I think only five opposing running backs have gone over this against the Rams and nobody in the postseason. Leonard Fournette was the closest with, like, 55. That speaks volumes to how great this defensive front is to the Rams and also just the – fluidity of this game, right? I mean, what's going to come to fruition? And to me, it's going to be, well, they're going to be conservative at first, but then you realize, hey, it's the Super Bowl running game ain't going to work. We got to pass it. And maybe they'll be trailing early on. So I don't think they rely on Nixon in the running game as much. So I'm betting him under 65 and a half rushing yards. Furthermore, another bet that I did, and uh, we might have touched on this last time, but I like the Rams over 20 and a half first downs at minus 125. 
So the Rams are averaging about 21 per game, and the Bengals are allowing opponents about 21 and a half, and every opponent has gone over that except for Tennessee in the postseason uh, against the Bengals. Look, the Titans have a terrible offense. We knew that going into it. Ryan Tannehill can't do squats, so I'm not taking that too much into account. And I think Kansas City and Las Vegas got like 24 and 25 respectively. So the Rams had gotten over that against the Bucks, and then against the 49ers. They stayed under it against the Cardinals. But taking that into context, guys, look, they didn't need to do anything offensively. It was really boom type of plays offensively that the Rams had against Arizona and then good field position due to the lack of dominance from the Cardinals. So I think the Rams get over 20 and a half first downs. And then my other official prop I have, the punter for the Bengals, Hubert, longest punt over 52 and a half yards minus 129. So I think he's gone over this one in two out of the three postseason games. The only one he didn't was against the Titans. And in games that were in domes or similar to domes, because so far it's like a dome, but it's technically not because the sides are open. But regardless, I don't think the wind is going to be a factor. He's averaging over 52.5 for his average punting yards anyways. So it's kind of a unique one, an odd one. No one wants to do kicking, let alone punting. But if you're looking for some of these weird betting angles, I think one like Huber, longest punt, over 52-and-a-half yards at minus 129 is a good outlook as well. Denny, when I'm watching this game, what I'm going to be watching for is two of the best wide receivers in the game, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup's uh, receiving yardage total set at 107.5. As for Jamar Chase, he's set a little bit lower at, uh, I believe it's 82-and-a-half. Do you like either of those numbers, uh, either of those guys going over those receiving yards total? You know, Jamar Chase is tricky. You're going up against Jalen Ramsey, so I think that's too hard of a matchup to handicap. If you're looking for anything out of that matchup, I'd probably do Jalen Ramsey over three-and-a-half tackles, assuming Jamar Chase may be a frequent target. You can look at that type of betting angle for uh, Ramsey to get over his tackling props. They count full tackles and assists, so that would be a decent look. I'm not really too crazy about his receptions or receiving yards. I think it's set appropriately. And honestly, same with Cooper Cup. But the difference with Cooper Cup is I think you have to bet the over or you stay away from it. There's no betting the under for Cooper Cup for me. I mean, this dude's just been way too consistently dominant. And to think he's going to shrink in this type of game, that would be shocking to me. So it would be over or nothing out of Cooper Cup. But I said I'd give you a lean. And I think one revolving around the receivers would be Jefferson out of the Rams over about 31 and a half receiving yards. I think was the lowest I saw. It's kind of creeping up to like 33 in the hook. But look, he's averaging over 40 receiving yards per game. He's gone over 31 and a half in a majority of his contests. And if you assume that the Bengals can at least somewhat maybe contain Cooper Cup or all the attentions on him, all the attentions on OBJ, that's going to free up the space for Jefferson. And really, you don't need high volume out of him you just need one big play and that's how he got over it against the cardinals this postseason and he has gotten an increased workload or target share rather as we've gone on throughout the postseason so i think the strong lean you should consider would be jefferson over his receiving yards danny real quick over under and uh, who wins you taking cincy in the points or the rams outright Man, I'm sorry. I feel like everybody out there is rooting for Burrow, but I'm going with the Rams here. I'm laying the four with Los Angeles. Total, you know, I'd probably lean a little bit toward the over. I think the number's going to get bet back up, but I'm not going to touch that one ultimately. But I am going to lay the four with Los Angeles. I think Stafford gets his Super Bowl ring finally. Danny, I'm going to trust your word here. Last thought. What color is that Gatorade bath going to be at the end of the game? (laughs) We were talking about this on my show a little bit. It's ridiculous. 
But there is some thought process to it. You're not going to pick a color that may stain the winning jersey because they're going to hang it up in Canton is what another host on my show said, and I think that actually makes sense. But I would probably go with the green slash lime and yellow. That combination would probably be my Gatorade color best. Lemon lime. Like Lemon that. lime, says Danny Burke with the Gatorade douse. Uh, Vison Sports. Lock, <laughs> Danny Burke, the Gatorade color lock. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Uh, find him there. And, of course, listen to him on the Vison Sports Network with Rush Hour and, of course, the Danny Burke podcast. Danny, we'll catch up next week. Thanks for the time, bud. As always, guys, you too. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll wind out a Thursday next on Hail Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on a Thursday, Hail Varsity Radio. Subscribe to the podcast. It don't cost you nothing. But give us a rating. Give us some feedback, what you like or don't. All good. In the comments section, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. Also, the on-demand section, ESPN Lincoln on uh, on Twitter and ESPNLincoln.com. The on-demand under Hail Varsity on the website. Uh, go there. And then the uh, Twitter handle, going to have the SoundCloud ready to rock and roll for you. Some of the highlights, some of the best parts of today's show so currently as we look at the seedings in the nba philly at five nets at eight and uh, brooklyn four games over 500 philly 10 the monster trade harden and uh, ben simmons and I, i the question is who got the better end right and don't kid yourself it's either mr miyagi or Harden pulling a Forrest Gump, as shown on Twitter, once he got out of Brooklyn. I'm healthy now. So that right hamstring issue. Listen, Ben Simmons, he had an awful finish to the playoffs. High draft pick. Guy that's just been a freak athlete, has always been able to out-athlete people, even in college. And you get to the NBA, ain't the case. He's just a brutal shooter. You have point guards that maybe score first 20-point-a-game guys at about every level. But you got to continue to work on your game. And Simmons never just either he can't or won't or it hasn't mattered. He's just such a uh, an atrocious jump shot guy. Athletic as all get out, can get to the rim, and isn't super selfish as a point guard. I mean, I look at Harden as like the ultimate selfish point guard. But offenses have been designed for him to be a scoring point guard, right, where it's clear out and he'll have 15 assists with, with 40 points. Uh, and he's and he's better than Westbrook, not as an athlete, but just as a, as a shooter, clearly. So who won the deal? I mean, Brooklyn's been a mess with Kyrie, KD's hurt, and then you still have Embiid and 
He's going to Harden. There's familiarity with the Philly GM. They've been reunited. So I guess if you put a gun to my head, who are you taking? I say neither. <laughs> Legit, I don't want either on my team. That sounds yeah. stupid. I'm not Mr. NBA. I get it. They're super talented. But you've you got three years remaining on Simmons's deal, and he's going to the smaller market, even though it's technically in New York, but Brooklyn's a smaller market squad. I I don't know. I think I think both are just problem children. And I, see, my problem with Harden going to Philly is uh, James Harden still hasn't proved himself to be capable in a situation where he's the second scorer. And, and in Philly... He's always got to be the scorer. And in Philly, it's it's still going to be Joel Embiid. He's an MVP candidate for a reason. He's been mm-hmm. having an incredible year. Yeah, he's awesome. I and mean, he's healthy. So I don't, I don't think Harden's going to walk in there and be the number one scoring option. So how Maybe, is that going to Is he work? okay with that, finally, at this point in his career? I guess we'll find out. It's not worked his way being the guy um there's a, a funny quote from a an nba guy anonymously uh, today that said uh, harden's gonna have a tough time finding a teammate to talk for him at his hall of fame induction somewhere down the road well yeah i mean he's different dude simmons is just an athlete that can can get to the rim yeah and at least he can dish it off to kd and and, and curry with that that brooklyn team so i, I would probably lean towards brooklyn but i'm kind of with you or eh I mean, I know it's dominated ESPN all day, but I mean, both teams have underachieved with that talent. Talk to you at four tomorrow. A Huda Media Production.